Blog welcome, welcome, welcome. Good evening, family. We are going to continue last week's conversation. We're going to talk about why people believe that being pro-black means that you must take a position or stance as anti-white. This is the second part. This is a continuation. So, Without further ado, we're going to get right back into it. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Good evening. So, as you know, as I said, we're continuing our conversation of last week. Do you feel or do you think that being pro-black means you are anti-white? Absolutely not. I think that, um, if you don't mind, let's recap a little bit from the the call on Tuesday, because I think we had a very good conversation on that day. Um, We had spoken about uh, no, being pro-black isn't being anti-white or anti-any other culture. Um, we talked about, we also had um, comments and discussions about um, we believe the belief behind the presumption um, that you are pro-black is, I mean, you are anti-white if you're pro-black because of the ability to create the vision we talked about how the country is divided we talked about ignorance um, behind the reason why people don't think that you can be pro-black and not anti-white all at the same time so I think that to just to recap a little bit from Tuesday we had some very very good conversations on that day and good comments um, so tonight I'd like to kind of start a little bit by by saying um, no, pro-black is not anti-white. Um, there's nothing wrong with supporting your culture. There's nothing wrong with supporting um, and celebrating the people who look like you and, you know, trying to listen them up to be a better people. So no, pro-black is not being anti-white. Um, I think, you know, to spend the conversation a little bit tonight is we we had a comment, a caller that came in on Tuesday, and um, he spoke about love, loving oneself. And um, so can we try to incorporate into this call tonight you know, operating in love. Like, why can't you operate in love? And if you're operating in love and you're being pro-black and you're lifting up your people, you're lifting up your culture, um, why can't other people or other cultures also operate in love and accept that or possibly do the same thing? Um can, can we incorporate that into the call tonight? Oh, of course. I think that 
the issue come about before, like I said before, before you can incorporate love, you must know who or what you're loving. The issue come about, we don't know what we're loving. Well, you're you're absolutely right. You know, that's that's one thing that first of all, so we take it back, right? And and when we talk about love and when you do things out of love, um, I think first and foremost to talk about love, I think love is often misconstrued. Um Love is defined in the dictionary as an intense feeling of deep affection. Um, it's, uh, it's defined as a great interest or pleasure in something. It's defined as um, a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. Um, just Let's just clear it up. We're not talking about the definition version or the um, dictionary version of love. We are talking about the biblical aspect of love because in my opinion um, first and foremost love is a verb. Love is an action and um, you have to put forth an effort in order to display love properly. And so when we talking about, when we're talking about kindness, um, acts of kindness or love or embracing um, another culture in this in this matter or embracing your culture, we're talking about love in the biblical aspect. So Well that's fine. So in order to to love from a biblical aspect, it's agape. It's without condition. In regardless of that's that's the love. That's I only truthfully know that that God can give that love. <laughs> yeah, but we He made us in His image, so we are able. To also display um, love in that way. So, real quick, let's just go back to you know go to the Bible in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, starting at verse four, where it says, "Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful, not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It is not provoked." It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And love never, love never fails. So with that being said, I think that um, especially when it comes to it saying it does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth. You know, you think about the conversations that we had when it comes to um, black injustices. Um, You know, how can people rejoice? And 
let's take color out of it when it comes to injustices, period. How can people rejoice at wrongdoing? How can people be okay, even if it is the cops or the government? Um, it doesn't matter who it is, because according to this, love is not discriminatory. Like, it can uh, anyone is able to display love. So, um, when we talk about being pro-black, we're not talking about um, causing an uproar or, you know, or trying to start a war, so to speak. We're talking about love, simply loving our community, simply loving our brothers and sisters, and um, in the way that the Bible describes, not being jealous of one another, but celebrating each other, and, um, you know, being patient and, and thoughtful and kind. And, you know, we're trying to embrace that um, and, you know, live it among our community. Because, you know, again, we, we as black people, just so happen to be in a position where I believe, you know, we need it most. Yeah, we do need more attention. This isn't like... Uh, Positive attention. <laughs> we do, absolutely. Absolutely. So, to be specific, we do need positive attention. If not, well, before I say that, right now it seems as though we are uh, uh, Cinderella when she was just working around the house. You know what I mean? The forgotten one. The one that nobody wanted to deal with. Nobody wanted to see. Just, Just work. But we are the Cinderella that went to the ball. You know what I mean? But we don't know that. That's who we are. They just tell us, you're only good for working around the house. Even when the the team from the castle came over to look for whoever forgot the shoe or lost the shoe, no one wanted her to try it out. Mhm. So that's what the the issue really comes. So my question is, how do we go about being noticed in a positive light? Well, you know, like um, Pastor said at best when he was, you know, um, speaking. Um, about about the topic the other night, you know, he simply said, "We're not trying to change the world. You know, we're just trying to do our part. One, first and foremost, within our household. Two, if a brother, if we see a brother or sister that that's in need of help, um, provide in need of help, direction, guidance, whatever, and 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 we can do it. Then we do it." And um, you make change by 
leading by example. You know, um, people follow you when they see you, if that makes sense. If, you know, if you're out there and, and you're cutting grass and you're trying to teach your son how to cut grass, then he's going to do what you do. He's going to cut grass how you cut it. So if he sees you out here and, you know, in the house, he knows that um, we teach him self-respect and respect other people. And we teach him, you know, you hold doors for, you know, elderly and, and ladies, you know, um, and children. You know, when he goes out there in the world, we taught him this here, and then he goes out in the world and he sees you doing the same thing, he's going to do it. So people follow leaders. And the way we do, the way we do it, the way we show love and kindness and embrace is one step at a time. You do it, you know, someone bears witness and they do it. Now, to clarify, you don't have to be black or or dark hued to be a brother or sister, correct? No, absolutely not. We're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, if you go back to the very beginning, God created Adam and Eve. So it, at some point, you know, we're all related. Um, another topic for another conversation. But um, no, you don't. We're not. When we talk about brothers and sisters, we talk about general man, womankind. That's not specifically. Um, Related to color Well good Because I'm one I think We're related more By your thoughts Versus The color of your skin If that follow makes sense It does agree You know I mean I I do agree (laughs) So for to clarify that just because we share the same complexion don't mean you're my brother because if you out trying to harm somebody trying to rob somebody or what have you that's not part of my um, gene pool if you will right but you could be a white American and you out trying to spread love and help and be kind and all that good stuff, just like I attempt to do. I may fail here and there, but my intentions are good. You're more my brother than the black guy who's out robbing and stealing. So that's where Agreed. Well, you you know, see, here's the thing. You 
the color restrictions come because that's where, like that, that's the, the history of the of the world. You know, um, that's where the color restrictions come in, or the boundaries come in, and you know, people assume that you and I can't be brother and sister simply because we're not the same complexion or, you know, our skin doesn't have the same hue. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is the when the Bible speaks about, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not quoting the Bible, but I have, I have read it a few times here and there, um, a couple of verses anyway, but when think about marriage and when the Bible says, you know, about finding a, a partner or a mate, it talks about being equally yoked. So that, in my mind, means being of like mind, of like morals, um, of like values, of like faith. So say anything about being, you know, if you're black, then you need to be with a black man. If you're white, you need to be with a white man. It doesn't say anything about that. It talks about being connected on a much deeper level in order to build the foundation that God desires for that marriage or union. A soul tie. Yes. So, for for my simple mind, it's quote-unquote soul to soul, not color to color. No. Has nothing to do with color. You know, and that's the thing. We have to we have to move away from the color association and we have to get to a place where we understand that right is right and wrong is wrong. Regardless of color. You have to know um, right from wrong, because at the end of the day, that should all, that should be the only thing that matters. Um, you know, oftentimes, and I, and I, I got to be the devil's advocate here, because oftentimes I think that when it comes to being pro-black and, um, you know, the ignorance of if you are pro-black and you're anti-white. I think that the unfortunate part is that sometimes we, as, as black people, as a black culture, do it to ourselves. We lead people to assume that we're like that because we're, we do it to ourselves. Um, and I think it's probably mostly conditioning. We've been conditioned to separate ourselves from um, other cultures or, or other colors of people so to speak. Um, and I think it's, it, that's unfortunate because we don't really do a whole lot to change people's mind. Does that make sense? Very much so. I think one of my issues is I'm really not out to change your mind. I'm more so out to teach you. And that's not changing your mind. You, you follow me? 
maybe opening your mind up some, but not necessarily changing your mind. Well, I understand what you're saying, and, and I think we're talking the same thing, just just different use of words. Um, but the goal is, the ultimate goal is to display the characteristics of who we are and the ignorance that people have will soon be diminished because there are more of us doing positive and more of us being respectful and more of us, you're going to see more of the positive versus the negative so that you understand that what affects or the reason that um, people, you know, commit crimes or, you know, do different things like that isn't because they're black. It's because that's who they are. has nothing to do with them being black. You know what I'm saying? It's like... You see, you see, it's the stereotyping. We need to break these stereotypical walls down. Um, just because I walk out here and um, and I, you know, or I'm just because I'm standing on the corner and I'm black, you automatically assume that I may be hooking or prostituting or something. Um, but that has nothing to do with me being black. That's because that's who I am. And at some point, that was what I chose to do. Or that's what I had to do, however it may be. You see what I'm saying? I think that the so, notion is or where some of the ignorance comes in when people automatically look at you and assume that because you're black, you're going to take my purse. Because that's what black people do. Um, you see what I mean? So I think that that's ignorant, and we have to be more cautious or, or more aware of who we are when we're out in the world and making sure, and I'm not saying changing people's minds, but making them think twice about the stereotypical issues that, that are out there? Well, for me, ooh, that's a hard one. I'm really tired of going out my way to make someone else comfortable. I'm tired. No one goes out their way to make, make sure I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I understand that, but I'm not. I think I'm. I'm not saying go out of your way. See what you, you, you. Okay, you're not a thief, right? So you ride in the elevator with a, a white lady. She clenches her bag. You're not a thief. You don't have to go out of your way or do anything different. You just got to be you. What I'm saying is they don't see enough of. That what they see and what they fear is what's always being shown in the media, 
you know, on TV. You see what I'm saying? So it's not it's not enough it's not enough black men or black women helping old white ladies out of a door or holding the door when you see an old an elderly lady of any white, black, Hispanic, whatever, um, of any culture, you know, holding the door open while she walks out in her walker or her rollator. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not enough good deeds to outweigh what they see. So it's not I'm not saying that you personally or anyone else has to work harder to make somebody feel comfortable. I'm saying that we have to be leaders in our culture so that when we're out in the world and people see us, then it's like, oh, you know, well, he held a door for an elderly, you know, elderly lady. You know, let me go ahead and, you know, pay it forward and I'll do the same thing. You know, like there's not enough of those type of acts. I can dig that. To, I just you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I... Once again, I blame the media. I blame the government. I blame social media. That's because those good deeds that you're talking about, nobody posts those. You don't no. see those on the news. No. You know what I mean? So it's like all you putting out there is the negative. Mm-hmm. So quite naturally, if you know, all old people do is sit around and watch Fox News, then, yeah, you may be afraid of the black guy walking in the elevator. But in actuality, that shouldn't be your fear because I haven't done anything to you. Right. You know, and it's and it's one of those things too where it's twofold. You know, we're we're out, and that's why and that's why we talk about the conversation is about the importance. Not only, um, I mean, I understand that the perception of being pro-black. You know, some people can take that and twist it into something that it's not, um, again, simply because we know that that's ignorance. But um, it's it's one of those things to where we, as a culture, need to be embracing each other and learning from each other, the good stuff, not emulating, you know, the, the bad stuff, like, and it's, it, I'm with you. It's the media. It's what's shown on TV. It's they're they're hiding us. They're hiding the um, good in us because of how powerful we are. And you know, when you think about if we all band together and stand together, arm in arm, like. You think about how powerful that would be, how powerful it could be, you know, for us to just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do, and I agree. Doing the right thing every day, you know, um, not not being perfect, you know, perfectly imperfect, but 
yet doing the right thing every day and teaching our children and, and you know, having um, conversations where we can respect one another and agree to disagree and not break out into an argument and, you know, getting together and having block parties or dinner parties where there's no there's no fighting, there's no guns, there's no dope, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like, none of that. Um, they're hiding the good people who are capable of that simply because it oppresses us and it keeps us stagnant and it keeps us moving, keeps our children um, moving toward a life of crime rather than a life of, of prosperity. And, and freedom I agree I think When it When it comes to it, Martin Luther King Wasn't marching with only Black Americans There was also White Americans Who were arm in arm Marching Against the oppressors marching arm in arm for everyone to be treated equally. Mm-hmm. So I think we must remove the line. Let's not blur the line or, or have a line. Remove the line. Because we're going to need all the help that we can get. Absolutely. And, the you know, one of the problems is, is that we have to understand, number one, first and foremost, we are victim to no one. You know, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, things happen. And, and, yes, I understand that, that racism is alive and real. I, I understand that all too well, having experienced it for ourselves. Um, but the fact of the matter is is that oftentimes we like to sit back and not call it for what it is. We don't want to address it, yet we want to be the victim, and we want to sit and we want to go cry wolf as victims instead of standing. Instead of standing and, you know, and fighting, for to, to keep our you know to keep from being I don't know treated unfairly. We're not asking to be treated special, you know. And we we spoke about it a couple times. Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, you know what? Get that. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but every life matters. It doesn't matter. You know, we have to stop victimizing ourselves and putting ourselves in the classification that they want us to. Because when a black young brother gets shot, we want to throw on our T-shirt with our fist on the back and say Black Lives Matter. But the truth of the matter is, in order to make real change, we have to be an advocate for children, for young boys who wear hoodies, um, all boys who wear hoodies. We have to be able to take the color out of it ourselves, but we don't. We take that, we ride, and we say, you know, it, it was because he was black. Yeah, we know that, but 
you know, sometimes not everything has to be said. If we want to make positive change, then we have to be able to understand that we've got to look at the injustices overall. Well, with the injustices overall, it's not, I'm not saying it being done to white Americans. I'm seeing, you know, black guy and a white guy both commit rape and the black guy get five years and I think the white guy got like three months probation. That's what I'm talking about. Keep it consistent. Keep it across the board. Like I said, don't treat anybody special. Or treat everybody special. You know what I mean? But don't take a select few and treat them special and crap on the rest. Right. I, and I'm I'm with you on that, 100%. You know what I'm saying? And I think that here's the other part that we miss. Black guy gets, you know, black guy, white guy commits the same crime. White guy gets three months. Black guy gets... You know, five years. I get that. But the other piece of that puzzle that we don't see, that we don't know, we have no idea, is the criminal history of each of those individuals. Now, obviously, if you rape someone, then you need to get more than just three months. All I'm saying is, and you can agree or not, and I know that this is going to start a whole other issue in, in, um, in itself, but I'm saying is that as soon as something happens, to a black person, and it may be 100% because of racism. We jump the gun and say that it shouldn't have been this, it shouldn't have been that, this, that, and the third, when we don't have all the facts because the media doesn't give us all the facts. It gives us what they want us to think. You see what I'm saying? So in order to be able, in order to be able to understand the true the true basis of injustice, we need to be able to look at each case-by-case example and the precedent to understand why one got this and one got the other. That's just specific. As a whole and in general, I do agree with you. Yes, I do think that black people get sentenced a lot more harsh. Um, harshly than than any other culture. I do. I do think that there there is a zero tolerance for the black culture when they mess up or commit a, a crime of any sort versus a forgiving tolerance for any other culture. Or let me just say the white people because there are some other cultures that are in our country such as Hispanics, Mexicans, and and they get sentenced like black people do. Or you know what deported. I'm saying? Or deported. <laughs> you know, so I, I understand and I agree 110% where you are. I'm just saying that so often we have to step. We cannot make every case and take every case and without knowing all the facts and making ourselves the victim. We make our culture the victim, you know, by creating 
we make noise, like um, one brother said, we make noise on social media and we're outraged for a good two months. And then you hear nothing else. There's nobody else marching. There's nobody going to their local councilman and and trying to, you know, um, influence lawmakers to to change um, things. We just show our outrage, probably a little, you know, two, three months, everybody go back to living their life until, you know, something else happens. It gives us an opportunity to cry crowd wolf again. I'm just saying. Well, I hear what you're saying. I get it. But I'm not talking about you get five years just on on rape. I don't know what you did before. I don't know what you did after. But both of you were convicted on rape. That's all I'm saying. So both of us were convicted on rape. And let's say there's, I know the mandatory minimums were done away, but if both of us should, should do prison time, we both we convicted the same for the crime. same crime, and yeah, I get That's it. I, I mean, I know what happens, and you know that it does. It's, I mean, it does. It happens. All, all too often. So I guess my question to you is: Is you, you're saying that, you know, um, what, what do you think should be done about it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you? How do you? When you have those type and in, in, of injustices happening. And, you know, we're talking about being pro-black. How do you stand in or how would you think that we should start standing in um, for things like that as well? Because while I hear what you're saying, nobody's marching for those type of injustices. See what I'm saying? And they happen more than the ones with the kids are getting killed in the streets. They happen every day. The ones that there's unequal sentencing and, and um, you know, unfair, I guess, unfair judicial sentences. You see what I'm saying? But nobody's standing to march and said, hey, he got five years for this. Nobody's doing that. It, you see what, do you understand what I mean? I do. I think like we, we pick and choose, we pick and choose what we want to 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 stand together on. Yeah. Why do we have to pick and choose? Why can't we be why can't we band together on all of it? Everything. On everything. You know, young kid got shot. We band together. You know what? This band this man got five years for this. This man got three. We band together. We obviously not trying to get the dude free we're just trying to make sure he gets an equal sentence to this one. Like we're not banding together to fight for those types of injustices. Well, I'm gonna take it to play the devil's advocate or the angel on the shoulder. While we don't band together for positive shit, you know okay. what I mean? For positive, and I'm not talking about 
you know, yeah. gay pride and all this. I'm just simply talking about it, it's a Morehouse, it's a Spelman's, it's a Norfolk State's, and all your HBCUs, their graduation. You, you follow me? Uh, yeah. And, and then, you know, why don't we celebrate, you know, other milestones such as we'll band together for that, such as like Cobb County just elected, um, just had filled the, I think she's the district attorney. Black, let me look it up. I forgot which I forgot what it was. Prosecuting attorney, um, first black female, first black person, and female. So she just broke down. You know, she just knocked out two milestones or broke down two walls. Um, you know, you read. I read this obviously through through my um, local news or whatever. But how come ain't nobody banding together to celebrate that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like we need to be, if you ask me, we need to be more pro-black. We don't need to be pick and choose when we ban. We we do it because that's who we are. The district attorney, uh, Joyette Holmes. Mm-hmm. Big up to D.A. Holmes, I think mm-hmm. we we should we don't need organization. We need redirection. But the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter organize. Man. Ah. That's all well and good because you're but... just the group is moving towards the president or the overseer's agenda. You follow me? Versus mm-hmm. we're going to support DA Homes or we're going to support uh, these college graduates. When I was young, we all we lived in this community Everybody owned houses, right? Or rented houses for a long period of time, whatever. I don't know what business. But we knew everybody on our our block. Well, a couple years later, somebody died off, and someone else moved in. No one goes over and embrace those new people. Five years later, the same thing happened. A little further down. No one go and embrace them. So as time evolves and now everybody's dying off or moving away, no one goes to embrace the new people. So now the community or the neighborhood just became individuals or individualized versus it being a community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's the issue. No one takes the time to embrace anyone else. If we start doing that, that means we are congratulating the graduated graduates. We are 
celebrating and pats on the back for the promotions, things like that. I think that'll take us a lot further than us being individuals. What's your thoughts? I agree. I mean, I I agree. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I actually um, was just just ran across something I want to share from an article um, that was written by someone who who watched When They See Us and. Maybe a little bit off topic, but we'll we'll reel it in. It says the black imagination has conjured awe-inspiring realities. Black people have manifested new futures through our imagination. When we were unsure of how we would eat, our mothers were able to imagine a future where we are fed. When we were unsure of how rent would be paid, our mothers imagined a future where we are housed. We draw on phrase on phase on phrases like. Where there's a will, there's a way to bring fruition to a new morning. The one that comes after a night of rain where dew rests on grass and the sun shines bright. This is often how we travel through time. Our minds seize the moment when we have what we need and eventually our realities catch up to it. That's heavy. Mhm, and I think that um when you you know when I see stuff like that, and we have these types of conversations um you know, I think that as a culture, we've underestimated how powerful we are um in every aspect when we talk about physical, we talk about emotional, we've really just underestimated just how how powerful we are, and um, the reason, and we talked about this yesterday, we talked about it on the phone call on Tuesday, but um, the reason that society, the government, the other people, because sometimes it's not just white people, it's, you know, it's other cultures as well, but the reason they fear us is because they understand this. They understand exactly what it is I just read. They understand that we can imagine being in a place and um, our reality is actually catching up to it. The problem is, is through social media, through newspapers, um, they have, and through television, they have managed to keep us, to cripple us. They've managed to um, break a couple of our other crabs' legs and, and keep them, you know, and keep us all in a bucket together when we're not. We have, we come from visionaries. We are visionaries. And um, we have to get back to where we understand that in order to move the world or help move the world forward in a way where we're treated equally. You know, we can't, you know, the fear tactics and stuff that they put on us, you know, we, you can't scare me into, um, into admitting something, admitting to something I didn't do. You can't scare me into um, pulling a gun on you just so you can shoot me. You know what I'm saying? You 
our minds are just that powerful to where we can take the situation and we can control it simply with the way that we think. The problem is they don't give us a chance to think. See what I'm saying? Like they block that and create a situation where we're frazzled and um, so that they can control. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think that, to your point, everything has been being stripped. In the moment when you can't think or we'll back you in the corner. Or if we see that we can't control you, it will kill you. We try to implement fear. And we all know that the U.S., shit, for lack of better words, is a bully. You know what I mean? So we're going to bully you into thinking this way. We're going to bully you into a submission. And the moment that you stand up for yourself, you're aggressive. Just stand up for yourself. You're aggressive. <laughs> As though I'm supposed to continue to walk around and let you put your hands on me or put your hands in my face to entice me to put my hands on you. And that's what's going on with the U.S. and Iran. We're got our hands in their face and and taunting them and hit me if you're bad. But in actuality, if they hit us, then it's like, oh, see, I knew he was aggressive. I knew he was angry or whatever. That's not right. That's not right at all. My question to everyone who's listening, how can we stand up for ourselves without being seen as aggressive or angry? When I'm just defending myself. So how can I defend myself without being aggressive or angry? That's the question. Hello. Defend yourself. Defend yourself against the world. And maybe that comes back from they back to slavery. You know, the slaves that defended themselves, they killed them. And they did it in a way to make an example. Is that what's going on in society nowadays? The guy that, that stand up to the to the guy or the cop who did something wrong, or the guy that just so happened to be a cop who who wronged me, 
I stand up to you, and you kill me. You stand up how? You know, like, how, defend yourself against the cop in what manner? If you, Shit, it's, you just, know, just, like, it's, it's not even about, like, launching it. Or it's just challenging, it's challenging. Maybe challenging your knowledge. Or what have you. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like anything that's out of line or or a challenge is aggressive. So, who must shoot you? I know that's the U.S. way, i.e., right now, us with Iran. You said right now what? With the, this country right now, with the nonsense with Iran. Oh, yeah. We, we got our hands in our face. We're, you know, hit me if you bad. And the moment I hit you, then it's like, see, you're aggressive. You hit me first. Mm-hmm. But that I think that part of part of that has to do something has something to do, you know. You, we got a president, a, a bully for a president. You know, so this and is I'm a not bully saying. Well, yeah, yeah, but because he, he he can be, you know, it starts with the leadership. You know, if 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 the leadership is a bully, and he is the commander in chief, then guess what? You know, yeah. they, they got to follow. They got to do what he says. So I think that part of that problem is because we have a bully for president. You know, he's not diplomatic. He's not charismatic. He's not, you know, a peacemaker or a peacekeeper. He's one of those who will point his finger in your face and dare you to point back. Um, and when you look at the state of where we are, I'm not saying that we we've never been here before because, you know, like – some of the, the killings, like these started under Barack Obama's presidency. So, but I think that now more than ever, um, our bully president gives other people in authoritative positions, gives them motivation to be bullies. Well, I believe that, and I do believe that he has single-handedly activated every racist, every bigot throughout this country, and he caused such a great division to the point where uh-huh. one would believe, because you're pro-black, that you're anti-white. Because because they, they because they're ignorant, you know. Like nobody, like we talked about this the other night, no one reads anymore. They read enough to see something that they want to see 
and stop right there. No one educates themselves anymore. It's like no one even wants to do or wants to know what's right because we're being conditioned and we see that acting that way is okay. I can tweet what I want to tweet. I can put on Instagram whatever I want to put on Instagram. president said it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got people, and I'm not even saying that with people, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those that say one thing for one and then say it's okay for another. I'm saying that when when Barack Obama became presidency, you had people in the media, in Fox, call the first lady, Michelle Obama, out of her name, referenced her to apes and gorillas and stuff like that. That shit would have never happened to Nancy Reagan, not in public, not on, you know, some huge media platform or outlet. You know what I'm saying? Like, people can get on Twitter and talk about the first lady, but where they do that at? And I'm not saying that it's it's okay for people to get on there and talk about number 45, because it's not. That just goes to show you where we are in our time, how the bigots and the races, like how bold they're becoming and how evil we have gotten when we feel like it's okay to get up there and talk about the leader of a country that way. Now, some things need to be said, but, you know, to get up there and just blatantly disrespect people like that, like, that's the kind of world we live in. But guess what? The president does it. You see what I'm saying? So our leadership unfortunately, doesn't fuel us to go in any other direction but divide it. Cool. We'll go next thought. We'll go for take the time to introduce Pastor to the line this evening. Pastor, how are you? Doing well. How's everybody? Well, well. We're good. I'm I'm listening and so that I can figure oh. out what we're talking about tonight. I just got the last I think two minutes. So Well um, what we're, we're talking about is well it's an actual continuation of of last week. Mhm. So we're just trying to to put put, put some grips on this thing, man. Well, to be honest with you, I, I heard what uh, your wife said uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and, and um, you know, I, I gotta agree with the, some kind of way um, we moved the line. And when I say we moved the line, um, there at at one point there was a you know whatever you want to call it, I call it 
uh, a line of dignity, but it was a line of dignity that just wasn't crossed. I mean, you know, you, you know, a president wasn't just, uh, you know, a title. He was presidential. He carried himself in a certain way, and even in my profession, pastors carried themselves a certain way. Um, you know, and, and there was there were just certain lines you just did not cross. And so, what has happened is, you know, because leadership. You know, from the president, the pastors to, you know, the fathers to uh, whatever, all the people we look up to, um, you know, that line of dignity was crossed. I mean, if you felt a certain way, you didn't say it publicly. You know, everybody had skeletons in their closet, but you didn't come out and, <clears throat> and you know, talking about you just grabbing by the whatever, whatever, and you just you just didn't do that. So since that line was moved, and they said, well, it's okay for him to say that, he's just being a man. Okay, now that you moved that line, uh, what's happened is um, we allowed it, so now we got to live with it. You know, we had a chance to stop um, this before it got started because a lot of these comments were being made uh, before the election. And, um, you know, because we didn't get out and vote, uh, then we allowed it. And since we allowed it, now we got to live with it at least for another two years. And so when you get... As she said, your leader that's saying and doing things that, you know, are contrary to, you know, what um, it's supposed to be, then now it feels like it's it's okay. You can't tell me don't smoke if I see you smoking. You can't tell me, you know, don't drink if you got the drink in your hand that's up to your mouth. So, you know, the line's been moved, unfortunately, and uh, we got to live with it for uh, the next couple of years or whatever, but now when I say the line has been moved, the world's line has been moved. God's line is still the same, and and that's where I think that's what I think is going to it's going to take to get things back. We got to stop uh, doing this thing. You hurt me, so I got to hurt you back. You know, you you did me wrong. I got to do you wrong. And, you know, I felt what you did to me. Now you got to feel what. You did them. It's not about that, man. You know, it's sort of like in my marriage. If I'm a, if my wife is the worst dog in the world, she's messing around, whoring around, sleeping with everybody, is it right? Definitely it's not right. But guess what? As a husband, I still don't have the right to go out there and do it because she did it. I still should have a standard about myself that says I'm going to be a good husband whether you're a good wife or not. I mean, it saddens me to know that. You know, we allow the actions of somebody else to dictate how we act. You know, matter of mm-hmm. fact, I'm tired of reacting. I'm, re- I'm ready. There's a difference between a reaction and an action. A reaction is how we respond to an action. And an action is, you know what, we stepping out knowing we're doing what needs to be done. And, and all we're doing is reacting to what's been done to us and saying, you know what, uh, um, you know, I'm going to hate you. So that I can be pro-black or, or whatever. I even told you all that stuff. You know, uh, the other night we talked about the scripture. But God so loved the world. He loves everybody, man. He loves, he loves everybody. I don't have to hate you to love me. I don't have to do that. I don't have to, you know, which sometimes I see it in politics often. I don't have to push you down in order to make me look good. You know, when I'm doing that, that lets me know. You know what? I don't have any good qualities, so I'm going to bring out, I'm going to expose all your negative stuff so that I won't look but so bad, you know. And then now people got to choose between the lesser or two evils, 
And so mm-hmm. I think we got to either, you know, understand that, you know, when it comes time to voting, we got to get out and we got to vote, you know. Now, if you were strong enough to vote, you know, um, you know, President Obama in for uh, uh, two consecutive elections, couldn't we have been strong enough to keep one out for this election? But we didn't get out. We didn't vote. And then we want to complain about what he's doing. And he's, he is just dead wrong. There's just no right way to say it. It's just it's just wrong. But, you know, depending on what you believe in, since he's wrong, how are you going to fight against him? How, you, you don't have the power to do that. You can complain about it forever, but that's not going to change anything. But if you stand by the standards of God, which lets you know, you know what, vengeance is mine. This joke ain't going to get away with this for so long. At some point, I'm going to put a stop to it. You know, if we do that and say, okay, whether I got a good president or not, I'm still going to be a good citizen. Whether I got a good father or not, I'm still going to be a good son. Whether I got a good wife or not, I'm still going to be a good husband. You know, we got to make sure that we're uh, uh, following the standards that's been set by God as opposed to the standards that's been set by uh, the world. So that's my little spill on the album now. And that's a good one. Well said. I just believe that we got to do something. And when I say do something, I'm not talking about to someone else. There has to be a way to make I don't want to say comfortable. I need you to realize that Fox isn't talking about me. You know what I mean? No. You go out, you do as much as you can to help people. You have a lady across the street to open the door for the old lady and and all this good stuff. But once again, as soon as I walk through the elevator, the first thing you do is clutch a purse. And I just helped you. You know what I mean? So, I guess... Right. Well, I mean, again, you know, you just have to keep being you, you know, and it's, you know, think about who, who looks like an ass when you're, you're in an elevator and she, and, you know, a person steps back and clinches her purse because you look like you're going to rob her. Who looks like the ass when that elevator door opens and, you know, you say after you, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant and she clenches her purse and, you know, you tell your waiter to put her meal on yours. You, those opportunities that you have, you don't have to go out of your way to make them feel comfortable or to make anyone feel comfortable. You just have to keep being who you are. Yeah. I don't know if I'm trying to wait to put a put, put nail on my uh, <laughs> on my ticket. 
Right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if you were to do that, do you think that she would feel or that person would feel like a, a dummy, so to speak, rather than you? You know what I mean? Like you, the perception. After you do that, um, do you think she'll want to apologize and say, hey, I didn't. Probably not because they. You know, she probably didn't know you saw her clinch her purse. She's doing that out of her fear, or they're doing that out of their fear. The man, you know, grabs his, his wherever his wallet is, whether it's in his back pocket or his suit jacket, you know, um, however it may go. So, you know, why? I need to be worried about you, you know. Ain't me. God forbid we had a, a restaurant that got white damn tablecloths. Shut up. I'm just, I'm just mm. saying. We got a. Well, if, if they we put them on, then we just going to take ours and put them on too. Right, but I'm just saying we got to find some way to, to let the world know that we're in the same situation. I'm not your enemy. I pay taxes just like you do. You can only do that by by you know one person at a time. You know, like we can't control what they or what the media shows or displays or says about us. We can't control who the interviews go to when you know the news is out trying to make a story. We can't control who they select for those interviews. The only thing that we can control is that when we have experiences um, like these, such as racism or um, we experience unfair treatment, even within our own race, because that happens as well, the only thing that you can do is address it in such a way that they understand, they walk away with an understanding of who you are and they feel stupid for how they acted because of their ignorance. That's the only thing you can do. Now, I must admit, that is a, that is a good position. That's, that's a, a good, what? A good position. Yeah, I a mean, that's position. all we got. I just know I mean, really? that is so... It's much easier to to be kind and nice to someone when they're kind and nice to you. But be mindful now. These are the same people that's like, quote unquote, and Pastor might get upset at me, but these are the same Christian folk who at church, you know, on something else. That's, That's true, but you got to be nice. You got to do the same thing to them, too. You know, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, I'm with you, you know, and I, I get tired, too. And, you know, I'm in, go to the grocery store all the time, and, and most of the time I have, have children um, with me, and, you know, they don't act up. They're busy. And, you know, you got one walking, one in a basket, and, Grocery stores is, is full 
and I walk by somebody or one of the kids walk by somebody, I have to say, excuse me. But, and they block the aisle because they're having conversations and they're not actually buying groceries off of that aisle or picking up anything off the shelf. I have to say, excuse me. But if, but if my child is pushing the basket and, you know, he's in a way, you know, they're standing there and they want to roll their eyes or, you know, I'm supposed to move immediately without them saying, excuse me. And I'm not saying them as a, a particular race, just people in general. Um, I want to scream at people like that. You know, I, I probably would want to really cuss them out. You know what I'm saying? Um but I can't because even though even though that's what I want to do, that's not really who I am. So I can't allow that ignorance and that stupidity to get me out of character um, because i got to be a model for our children. They see me screaming at somebody, what do you think they're going to do when they go to the grocery store and somebody don't move out their way? <laughs> you can wonder what's wrong with them. What's wrong with you? That's what mommy does. Um, so you have to. We have to be leaders to those, any and to any and everyone who's watching. And some people we never. Sometimes we never know who's watching. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, I I, I try to avoid the grocery store, uh, but I do know <laughs> exactly what you're talking about as far as. I don't want to say the rudeness. So maybe you don't know any better. Uh, God forbid, because it's another test I failed. But we gotta, we gotta tighten up, man. Yeah. And these ladies, I'm, I'm saying we as a people, right? You're right. What happened with just being courteous? Going out the window again. You know, look at where we are. Look at the times. There's no, like, none of that is happening. None of, there's no more courteous. There's no more, you know, no anything. It's, that's just not even, it just, I just feel like that doesn't even exist. It, it's, it's something that should be teached in households, um, but apparently it's not. It's missing generations because we don't have that anymore. Um you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how this next election goes and who gets elected president. President, I'd like to see just how the culture will will change and how the energy um, will change, if at all. I think that when Barack Obama became president, I think, you know, that while there was so much admiration and, and hope you know, when you look at his campaign, that man actually gave people hope. Um, and it was inspirational, you know, if you followed his campaign from the beginning to the end. And for the many people that it upset, um, so to speak, I think that that frustration boiled over into this presidency and, um and now, with the lack of leadership and dignity that we have, we just all out of control. No manners anywhere. Like, nobody should be able to sit at a dinner table because nobody has manners. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how this next election goes and who becomes president because I want to know if the tone of America will change. We need somebody just that strong, um, one, in their faith to be able to change that because I think that that's something that right now we lack. Very good perspective. Strong in their faith. Ask where you at. I'm here. I'm listening to all of it, and I'm, I'm, um, you know, just just taking it all in, man. But I, I got some. I think I guess a couple of, um, you know, questions for for all of us, and um, because. You know, uh, if we're not careful, this call or this subject can be um, seen as um, we're conceding that uh, not only do they think they're better than we are, but we think that they're better than we are. You know, because here's the thing, you know, and this is what I, this is a question that I wrote down, and I, I write questions for myself. I don't, I'm not going to ask you a question until I ask me that a question first, and the question that I wrote down while you guys were talking about the grocery store and all that, you know, um, am I mad at them or unhappy with me? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, am I really, am I am I mad at them or unhappy with me? Because if I'm mad at them, then at some point I got to let that go because there's always going to be a them. So that means I'm always going to stay mad. You know, and I'm a heart attack waiting to happen. But if I'm unhappy with me, to me that that explains a lot because if if I'm not happy with me, then everything that anybody's ever done to me, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm I, I'm a hammer. I'm just looking for a nail to hit. I'm, I'm you know I'm upset. But if I'm if I'm happy with myself, if I'm pleased with myself, you know, my thought is okay. You rolled your eyes at me. You. Complained about my baby hitting you, cutting you off with the cart. You didn't want me in the in the elevator with you. You know what? When you do it, my thought is, you know what? First and foremost, I'm glad I don't have to go home with you. <laughs> you got to deal with all that on your own or whatever. So, you know, I just think we need to stop feeling defeated by their actions and and by their responses. You know, what they do is what they do. Who they are is who they are. You know, uh, outside my door. Right now, you know, I can hear people, you know, and I say people, uh, you know, uh, fireworks going off everywhere. I mean, they're just just letting them go. But I guarantee you, and this is my assumption, but I guarantee you that I can go out and ask um, the majority of them, tell me what the 4th of July is all about. They can tell me what they do. Oh, we're going to barbecue. We're going to have some fireworks. We're going to, I don't know, we're going to... uh, we're going to be off work The post office is not going to be open The bank's not going to be But they cannot tell me what it's about And see this mm-hmm. is what is happening You know with a lot of people And I do understand Juneteenth But a lot of people are celebrating freedom But nobody is living free Then that's the problem right there you got folk that still want to hold on to What was you know uh, The president made a comment You know earlier today And, and you know it was really a uh, you know, uh, um, an ignorant, you know, comment. And, 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 you know, again, this is in my mind or whatever. I mean, it makes a lot of them personally speaking. But, you know, uh, 
we're talking about how we have to hold on to to who we are, you know, and saying those silly things like that. Well, you know, in his mind, you know, he knows what he means, and in my mind, I got an idea of what he means. But regardless of what he means, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change me. I am who I am. This is a scripture. I am who I am by the grace of God. And growing up, they had a commercial that, you know, was probably a little bit too old for both of you guys, but it said, it was a it was a deodorant commercial. It said, never let them see you sweat. Never let mm-hmm. them see you sweat. In other words, that's the way it's got to be. You may piss me off, but if you, as long, now you lay your hands on me, then you know what? I'm going to have to call Nuck Nuck and all in. We got to do something. We got to, we got to, time for the posse to ride. But if your actions are not gonna cause me to 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 to, to quote unquote act like a nigga. You you not gonna mm-hmm. get that out of me. You're not gonna mm-hmm. get that out of me. You're just not gonna get I refuse to give you that. And I'm not gonna be angry if you don't accept my kindness. If you frown at me when I smile, I'm not gonna flip my uh smile upside down. No. I'm not gonna decide you're not gonna decide, you know, whether I have a good day or not. You know, in mm-hmm. the Bible, there was a man, the Bible said, that was by the side of the road, and he was begging for money. He was blind. He was begging for money. And he had a pan out there. And people would come by, and they would drop money in there, whatever, whatever, whatever. And at the end of the day, some kind of way, the man would figure out how to count his money, I'm sure. Somebody probably counted it for him. But at the end of the day, okay, then based off what's in that pan, we'll determine whether I had a good day or not. And I refuse mm-hmm. to live like that. You know, what you do mm-hmm. for me shouldn't determine whether I had a good day or not. I mean, I just shouldn't, I shouldn't depend on you for my livelihood. I shouldn't depend on you to determine whether I smile or not. I shouldn't depend on you to say, let me go out and see how white people are going to act today, and I'll see if I can laugh today, or if I can eat today, or if I'm going to have to kill 34 of them or something like that. We don't have to live like that, man. It's like, you know, every day I wake up, there's one scripture it comes out of my mouth. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And that's my thinking, man. So I already know I'm behind the eight ball. I already know maybe they don't like me, don't trust me. I know that they've got thoughts about me. But am I more concerned about what they think about me or what I think about me? Mm-hmm. Because truth of the matter is I'm more than a conqueror. I'm all that in a mm-hmm. bag of chips. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. all these nut nuts out here popping these fireworks right here, they popping them. And guess what? I couldn't afford to go get them, but I'm living free. I'm living free. I am mm-hmm. living free. And now you're just popping stuff saying, you know, it's the 4th of July. Well, what is it? Who signed the Declaration of Independence? You know, what is Juneteenth? Ask them those questions. They can't answer them. But, you know, we feel less than when we get around them. You know, the Muslims do something used to do. I can't say they do it now. Uh, they had this big spiel about, <laughs> you know, the, the 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 cue ball and the eight ball. You know, they had a big spiel about, uh, you know, just the colors, black and white, why black is considered as, you know, dirty and white is considered as pure and things of that nature. And I've always been amazed by that and amused by that, you know, or whatever, whatever, because, you can be white on the outside and just as black as I am on the inside, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be careful with all of that stuff, man. It's just, uh, it's not as bad as we make it out to be, uh, you know. 
Um, we just got to turn our attention the right way. We got to, we got to, you know, we got to, if you know you're the bomb, act like the bomb. Live like the bomb. They can't stop you from living where you want to live. If you work hard enough, you live where you want to live and have what you want to have. Make it say what they want to say, but they can't stop you. They can't mm-hmm. stop you. So, you know, I just think, y'all, we need to turn our attention, you know, closer to closer to home. And I don't have to I don't have to hate the white man's guts. I may not like your action. Guess what? I may not like you. But that ain't gonna kill me. That's okay. You know what? Let's agree. I don't like you, you don't like me. Cool. Now let's go mm-hmm. live. Let's just go live. But I'm not gonna drop my head because you won't lift yours. I am not mm-hmm. gonna walk around and don't speak because you won't speak. I'm not going to suck my teeth because you're sucking yours. I'm not going to sit around and, and feel like, you know, I've been whipped all because we got a white president instead of a black president. Well, they felt what a lot of us felt for eight years, and now, guess what? The backlash has turned back around, and, you know, now we realize, you know, what a good president we actually had, you know. But, again, don't get me to talking about all this stuff, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't, man, please, come on, man. We know we all that. But some of them, you know what? I don't mind if you feel like that also. It's not a competition. I'm not trying to outdo you. I'm trying to do me. And as long as I can do me, I'm good. I'm good. So does it hurt when you don't respond to me correctly? Does it hurt when you ignore me? Does it hurt when you talk about me? Yeah, it hurts, but you ain't gonna, I'm not going to let you know it. I'm going to keep living. And eventually, guess what? You're going to feel what I'm feeling. Because I believe what God says. Let all this stuff just go together, and the day is going to come where I'm going to separate this crap. This stuff is not going to mm-hmm. continue. God is not going to sit idly by and watch one man divide a nation, a family, a town, a city, a country. God is not going to sit idly by. And you can say his health is great right now. I wish no ill will on him. I pray for him. But let me tell you what. One move of God's hand, this all could be over. It all could be over. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I put my trust, not in the lawyer's hands, the, the lawmaker's hands, but I put my trust in God, man, and, and that's why I can, you know, get strong enough to where I don't have to hate you. I don't have to hate you. I don't like you now, but I don't hate you. You know, and one of the reasons I don't hate you is because I do love me. I may not love my predicament, but I do love me. So we may have gotten off topic, but, hey, it all needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're here for to Yeah, I think you you said it well before we you know when we started the call we talked about love um, because if you remember from the call the other night the gentleman that was on he talked about you know like loving self and that's how that's how you come to be able to love your your culture or love other people in general is to start with self love. So I think you you know you still you still in it, still in the conversation. We're good. Well, just keep loving, bro. Just keep doing what you do, and it'll work yourself out. I don't know how, but I just got faith that it will. Well, you just you just answered it. You got the faith that it will, and when you're saying you got the faith, that means it's above your pay grade, that that you're believing that it's in God's hands. And as long as you believe that it's in God's hands, then, you know, that's what faith is all about. You don't know how, but you said you're saying 
I got the faith that it will. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we have to stand on. That's what we have to stand on. And I know sometimes it looks like people of color, that's all we ever have to stand on. You know, but it is what it is, man. That's what he intended us to stand on. Because one day, you know, um, you're not going to be president. One day you're not going to have the finances to buy people. One day you're not going to be that person in power. You know, every president, with the exception of seven of them, if I'm not mistaken, all of them have died now. And not one of them can make a decision right now. You don't have any more than than the other person has did. So for a while you did rule, but, you know, um, your rulership comes to an end. And so with this Mm -hmm. one, you know, so did President Obama. All of them eventually will come to uh, a screeching halt, but... I just don't think we ought to wait until the election to uh, to live a good life. I mean, we got we yeah. got to do it. We got to do it now. I, um, I got a funeral on Sunday. I don't obviously I don't want to do it, you know, or whatever. But I got a got a funeral on Sunday. Just got a call today. A, a guy, forty four years old. He went in for so. so Surgery on his shoulder, and um, they botched it some kind of way. I don't know what they did wrong. So he ended up suing the doctor or whatever, the hospital, whatever, and they ruled in his favor, but that didn't fix fix his shoulder. So he went back to get his shoulder repaired. They found out he had a pinched nerve in his neck. They were doing the surgery, and some kind of way uh, hit something the wrong way, and he lost an excessive amount of blood. And by that night he was dead, 44 years old, 44 years old, 44 years old. I mean, that's, to me, man, that's, that's another reason why, you know, I, you know, I ain't got time to sit here and worry about how you feel about me, man. I don't know how many days I got left. Mm-hmm. And I got to make sure that I maximize these and that I'm doing the right thing and I leave the right legacy and all of those things, man, because, again, we don't know when it's going to end. And so... I don't have time to spend my time being mad at how you think you don't like the color of my skin, even though you got a, a membership to the tanning bed place. You know, I ain't got time for all that foolishness, man. Let me go on and do my thing so that I can leave this legacy like I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. I agree. So... My question that I posed earlier... What can we do? How can we come together and unite to make it make sense for everyone? Not just white, not just black, so on and so forth. Because we all live together. I think we've said it on several different calls before. Um you know, we 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 get back to the basics, go back to the foundation, and even Pastor said it tonight. You know, we gotta look at this and attack this thing from the biblical perspective because, I mean, at this point, nothing else is working. You know, the 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 movement, you know, none of that is working. Um, you just gotta get back to the to the basics. You know. Okay. Pastor? 
I think we got to get rid of um, ignorance, and by that I mean, you know, obviously we can educate ourselves by uh, reading and uh, being in contact with the right people, but you know, one of the other things, that, one of the other ways of getting rid of ignorance is, okay, if you're around younger people, if you're around a white guy, you know, instead of hating that white guy, instead of questioning him about what they did 400 years ago or whatever, why not take the opportunity to educate that white guy? You know, you may only get a chance to educate one, but if you can educate one, if I can educate one, if you can educate me and tell me what is it about my presence, what is it, why does that scare you? Well, why does that make you feel like you got a lot to do? What? Why do you women look at me and think, you know, a certain way towards me? You know, when we get around each other, it doesn't have to be a, a conference room full right now. Just one-on-one conversations. Can we not educate one another? Can we not tell them how we feel and then respect how they say it makes them feel? And then maybe if we got at least that dialogue, if you've, you know, done it one-on-one, if you've done it one uh, to one person, I've done it to one person, okay, then guess what? Today was a good day. We got two that at least know, you know, how we feel. You know, we've we got two. You know, sit with a white person and ask them, what is it that you like about this president? And then, you know, you get a chance to say what it is that maybe you don't like about it. You know, what do you like about this whatever, man? We got to start communicating because I'm telling you, when communication breaks down, so does society. So I think that, you know, it's great to talk amongst ourselves. I think it's great to uh, empower ourselves through reading and being around, around intelligent people. But it's also good to talk to the people you got a problem with. You know, not in anger, not in anger, but show me. Let me let me see through your eyes. And I may never see it, but at least I heard your truth and you heard mine. And if we decide never to agree, and that's fine. But God gives us opportunities all the time, and I think we mess them up by uh, telling you how you're wrong instead of. Asking you why you do what you do, you know I'm not saying mm. they have a legitimate reason, but let's at least listen and let them listen to us. You know why is it that I can say certain words to them, or we can say certain words to each other? The word nigger, for instance, and he's not allowed to say. It. We we need to we need to we need to say that. You know, you know why is it that we can listen to the lyrics that you know. Uh, to rap music that's got a lot of uh, vulgar language in it, but you know, their language in country music, rarely do you hear anything outside of a hell or a damn. You know, what, what is it about that? Mm-hmm. Are we just a loud race of people? Uh, you know, um, there was a video out several years ago and we laughed at it, but the man actually did something and I was like, you know something? He's on to something. This is what he said and I'll, you know, please, I'm, I'm saying what he's saying, so hear me. Bernie Mac came up and said, you know what? He said, white people, he said, stop being afraid around black people. He said, we're just loud. He said, and y'all worried about why we say the word motherfucker. He said, I'm going to break it down for you. And even though he was being funny with it, by him saying that, a lot of folks were like, okay, this boy is on something. This is what he's saying. This is what he's meaning. 
Exactly. So, you know, that that's what I'm talking about right there is that, you know, maybe we can educate them. Maybe we can, you know, uh, maybe they will listen. Maybe they won't. But let's take the time to, to give it a shot. And so if we start one-on-one, person by person, shop by shop, church by church, dinner by dinner, uh, grocery store by grocery store, then maybe uh, uh, group by group, this white family sit down with that black family. They sit down with you. You have your collard greens and you explain what they are. You sit down with them. They have their calamari. And they explain to you what it is. And let's just start somewhere, man. There's awesome. There's some common ground somewhere. And I feel like if we start there, it's slow, it's meticulous, but at least we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might even offer you some more collard greens. <laughs> 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 I probably won't, probably won't take them. I'm tired of man. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That's part of your diet around here. <laughs> well, but you're absolutely right. I think that that is the first step. Let's step outside and simply converse. In conversation, you can teach. Get understanding because. It could be the ignorance that we're talking about, the lack of knowledge. Hell, you don't you don't know that you're racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just said what you heard your granddaddy say. You're exactly you right, right there. So we got to have a conversation just to, to let you know that it's not acceptable. And this is why. Or this is why it's offensive. Yeah, I know you hear it in the music lyrics and you hear the guys saying it. But this is why it's not acceptable. I had a guy had a conversation with me in passing. He stopped. He was like, quit. You know, all this happens out of fear. And I'm sitting like, yeah, like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, we're jealous. He said, this black man he does what he want to do. He said, look, you see the white guys with their tail tucked, walking behind the woman, and, you know, like a bitch. So I'm sitting here like, oh, no, like I've never heard it. He said, we're jealous. He said, that's the reason why the white women want to fuck you. And I don't blame him. So my, my eyes are big. My hand is on my forehead. I'm like, yo, oh, my goodness. I don't believe we're having this conversation a black guy, and a white guy. So, as, as time progressed, he started telling me the stories of, of how he grew up and growing up when it was segregated, like, restaurants. He said, people looked at him funny because he would sit on the black side. I don't I never really looked around and pay attention. I just saw an empty chair. I sat down. He said he had a conversation with this young lady who was black, obviously. And she was like a little hesitant, but she was forthcoming in the conversation. He said in that conversation, she taught him so much. He taught her to the point where Every week, 
they would meet at this restaurant, sit at their table together. Now, the white guys would give him the dirty looks and, and you know, look at him strange, what have you. He didn't I didn't care. I met a friend. I'm sitting here with my friend. She just so happened to be black. But she's my friend. And all that happened through their conversation. Just like when Jim come to the shop, he and I have established a friendship through that conversation. Be mindful. That still has my mind blown. But that was the first step. You know, I had a similar um, situation like that. This has been years and years ago. Um, um, And again, being a pastor, I get a chance to sit down with the Chamber of Commerce. Now, mind you, it's not in New York City, but it's still the Chamber of Commerce. They'll call and say, can you pray for the the town council? Can you have prayer at the the, uh, school board meeting? Can you uh, pray for the mayor? Can you come in? Uh, The policemen are really dealing with something right now, and they need prayer. I get an opportunity to do that. I get an opportunity to uh, sit with other uh, pastors you know, um, that are not, you know, brown-skinned, if you will, and, and we get a chance to uh, to talk. And, you know, initially it's almost like we don't have anything in common, but as we start talking, you know, I, I have some of those um, eye-opening experiences just like uh, Quick just talked about, but one of them really jumped out when he said that, um, you know, he was, he was wondering, you know, why – are we so angry with the government? Why are we so angry with the law? And he 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 brought up one thing. He talked about how he heard, um, and I don't I don't know which rapper it was, but the guy was talking about you know how we don't own any poppy fields, we don't own the claims, we don't own any boats, but all the drugs going to be here. All of us in jail for drugs. He said I don't understand what you mean by that. You the one got caught selling drugs. He said. I don't how can you say that you shouldn't be in it and it's wrong? Were you selling drugs? Yes, sir. You're correct. We were selling drugs, but truth of the matter is, like the man said, we didn't bring the drugs over here. Have you ever asked who we're selling drugs for, who owns all these things? And so he said, well, I can kind of see that, but still, you don't have to sell them. I said, I got you. I understand that. And so I said, let me help you understand it this way. You know, back in... in um, uh, the parks time. I said, you remember when they had the bus things to where, you know, you had a white face and a black face? He said, yes. I said, well, what happens if a uh, black person sits in that white section? He said, they're cussed out, they're beaten, they're arrested. I said, you're exactly right. I said, what happens if a white person sits in the black section? He said, what do you mean? I said, what happens if a white person sits in the black section of the bus? He said, I don't understand what you, I said, what happened? You just told me that when a black person sits in the white section, that they are beaten, they're cussed, and they're arrested. Now, what happens when the white person sits in the black section? He said, well, nothing. I said, why not? You got the white section, you got the black section. Why aren't they arrested? They're not in that section. Well, 
That doesn't make sense. I said, well, you don't want it to make sense. But it makes sense. But guess what? Even though you're in our area, we can't even say anything. Because you set the rules up, the guidelines, the, the laws to favor you. Because in reality, all the things mm. belong to you. Every last one of them belongs to you. You just gave me a, mm. a, 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 a section to where I can pay for the bus that belongs to you. And when I said that to him, within the next three to five minutes, he was crying like a baby. He was crying like a baby because he had just never, nobody took the time to help him to see it through another set of eyes. Nobody ever took the time. And I wasn't purposely doing it. We were just having a conversation. So some folks are there because of ignorance. Now, some of them is just choice. You know, I'm a racist because... My daddy was a racist. My granddaddy was a racist. And I'm going to continue to be a racist. You know, you, you, you got those out there. Maybe just a way of life. That's exactly right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, but then we got some out there that's just ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. And one of the things that's happening that's slapping everybody in the face is you're messing around and uh, you got the black guys getting the white girls you know pregnant and you're coming out with these beautiful children and now it's like unless you are sure enough racist you probably ain't going to hate the child so now they're being forced to like each other they're being forced to deal with each other I got them in, in my church now you wouldn't I call it my milkshake corner I got a section over there now where man a bunch of these young bucks are going over there impregnating these little girls come back with these beautiful, intelligent children, and now when we have Children's Day, as we did on Sunday, now all of their white grandparents, they come to church because the baby asked them, can you come to my church, Paul Paul? And Paul Paul come in there looking like, you know, his name is Red and Nick. But when he comes in there and he hears truth, it's like, you'd be surprised at how many actually become a member of the church. You know, now because of situations like that, so we get opportunities, y'all. We got to take full advantage of them, though. And you know, let's just don't assume everybody is racist, and they shouldn't assume assume all of us are just good. Just don't assume that I hate you. I may not know you, but I don't hate you. And and you know, hating you is not gonna make me love myself any better. And literally, to be honest, let's just be honest now. Is there anything that we can do to the current white generation? That would call, that would help them to feel what happened to our people 400 years ago. There is no way. I don't think there's any greater suffering. There's nothing we can do. We couldn't beat I them think, enough so that I they could understand. I think I think there is. Please share with me. I hate to say it like that. I, I didn't even hear what you said. Get their daughters pregnant. Oh Lord, <laughs> that's already being done, ain't it? Hey, I don't they know got they got out there right now. I'm just saying, hey, that's the biggest that's payback. Yeah, well, hey, that's, that's, and especially if you take care of the kids, man. Well, um, well, that's another topic for another day. The switch of right. belly warmer—that's what we need to call it. That's what they used to call them, belly warmers. So the, the switch of the belly warmers, I guess. I don't know. 
But, but bottom line, man, we do have an opportunity, and in my opinion, um, the responsibility, you know, to educate. And I don't know how many of us are willing to sit down and say, okay, I'll answer your question, but I want you to answer mine also. I don't know how many of us are really willing to do that because on certain days and with certain people, I'm not willing to do it. But there are folk and times that it doesn't disturb me. So, y'all, we just got to, all of us have got to get better because here we go, got this big old moniker in this uh, nation, one nation under God. Under what God? Under what God? And then all of our money, you know, we got this thing, in God we trust. Yeah, but can God trust you? Then we sing, God bless America. But when can, you know, when we when is America going to bless God? By doing the right thing. So, you know, it's a lot, man. And, and, and none of it's been right. I get angry hearing about it. But at the same time, I got an opportunity to to create some change. I got that opportunity. And I got to take full advantage of it. You know, um, you know, one person at a time. And if I can reach one and Quick can reach one, Monica can reach one. We got three now. We got mm-hmm. three now. <laughs> so let's start Let's start over again next day and see if we can't get three more. And if everybody took on this mentality, I don't know. Will it work? It might, but uh, we won't ever know until we try. We won't ever know until we try. So, um, you know, I say let's get started and you know see what it, see what see what it does. With, with that being said, Pastor, I, and husband, you can write this down if you got a pen. But I have one question. Of course, it'll be another topic for another conversation. But with with all that you said, and you know, of course, we're we have the moniker up that says "One Nation Under God," and um. My question is, and you don't have to answer this tonight, but do you think that more can be and should be done by the church leadership? Um, and, I, and, and, and I ask that question simply because of the biblical, the biblical aspect of where we are and um, just being able to stand up and represent for God on behalf of God to to teach what's right because I think that um, there's room for improvement there. I mean, we have a lot of room for improvement, you know, as a whole in the world. But um, I think that when when it comes to platforms with and all of the technology that that the churches have to reach other countries, do you think that more can be done to affect and promote change? Well, first of all, I think that this definitely somewhere down the line needs to be, you know, addressed because that's a that's a, a misunderstood entity, and that's the church. Most folk in mm-hmm. the church don't know our purpose. No, most folk in the church, uh, we, we're just there. And mm-hmm. the church has gotten a well-deserved, well-deserved, well-deserved black eye, you know, and we it needs to go back to its original, you know, definition. First of all, we call it our church, and the Bible clearly says 
He said, upon this work, a rock, I will build my church. He said, and in my mm-hmm. church, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. The problem with the church is we've taken authority over it. This pastor controls it. This family controls it. You know, and we got to get away from that. But to answer your question without going into um, an entirely different subject, uh, definitely so. I think that that's where um, that's where we're going to reach the masses. If you go back in slavery time, anytime they wanted to reach the majority of people or they wanted to get a message out, um, or even today, if a politician really wants to win a community, I mean, you know, when election time comes, I usually have five or six people that's running for office that want to come by and address my congregation. So that's the quickest way to, to, to get the message out. Also, in slavery times, if they wanted to hurt the black community, you know, uh, one of the things they would always do is burn down the church. So the church has a, has an awesome responsibility and also an awesome opportunity, but we're lacking because it became, unfortunately, a place of fundraising and things of that uh, uh, nature instead of what I think God intended for uh, it to be, because it, it could be and should be a place of education, a place of, you know, uh, 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 glorification, edification, all those things like that. You know, the church is supposed to serve a God-ordained purpose. Uh, it's, it's, the church is actually defined as the central institution of the community. You can go to any community, and the stores may have been burned down. Uh, this little raggedy area may be a housing development now, but that church is usually still standing there. It may have, you know, changed uh, the outside appearance, but that church is usually still right there. And, you know, one of the things about a church, the majority of them, a lot of them, is going to be a steeple sticking straight up in the air. And so if you can't find anything else in the community, you can go to that church and you should be able to get help. You should be able to find a place of safety. You should be able to find food. You should be able to find love. If you can't go anywhere else and can't find a police station, you can look up and see that cross, and you should be able to find the church. So you done stepped in the, in the, into my happy spot right now. So, uh, yes, ma'am, the church should be doing more. But we've gotten away from the the original tenets of God, and we've placed it in our own hands, and we run it our own way. It's a business yeah. now. It's a business yeah. now. And that's, I'm not proud of that. I am. I, I will tell you, I'm not proud of that. Well, another topic, another go. day. I just, I just wanted to, you know, to ask that. Great, great question. Great, great question. You know, I, I was watching this this movie that I put it on at the shop, and it was called Black Cop. The movie was was crazy heavy. It was this cop who were doing the same thing to to white people as well as the cops was doing to black people. You know me, I'm the, I'm the prince of controversy, you know, so I put on what I thought, hesitation, just to see the reaction I would get, the conversation I could spark. And this one person 
get up and, and walk out. Like, seriously affected versus trying to really see what it's like on the shoes on the other foot. You won't like that. But you're okay with what's going on in society nowadays. I put on Black Panther, then walk out. I put on Barbershop, yeah, then walk out. So I was just in my head, the question came up like, how is it anytime you see blacks doing something good, that's an issue. And now I'm not saying that that black cop was doing anything good. Like I said, that was just simply a conversation starter. But simply a way for you to see what the shoe would be like on the other foot. Y'all think I was wrong for that? If you were having the conversation, if you were doing it as a conversation starter, so that in turn you could educate and give a different perspective, um, then no. That's it. That was my intention. Well, I mean, in that case, you know, that's what we just talked about. You know, we talked about having, um, you know, conversations so that we can educate one another and be able to understand the, the the walk of life, so to speak, through through your eyes, through, you know. So do you think that it will make, I'm sure it will make everybody uncomfortable having that conversation because no one wants to believe that racism exists. So if we don't address it or ignore it, then it goes away. The people who don't want to believe racism exists are the people who haven't experienced racism, actual true Racism. We've had conversations before about unequal and unfair treatment. They know that exists, but there's a difference between racism and being treated unfairly. Agreed. So, you know, those people who don't think racism exists is because they don't understand it, they don't know what it is. They don't know how to identify it. Um, and if you're looking for an opportunity, I think, to educate people just on that, um, then, you know, if this is a conversation started, you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. got to start somewhere. I mean, you know, here's the thing. You know, we can't, like I said, you know, it's not, one, we can't assume that, that everybody we come across is a racist. You know, you just got to make sure that you do your part in treating people fairly. Um, and then as you encounter situations, whether it's been in a blatant racism situation or um, 
someone being treated unfairly as you encounter those situations, then you know you kind of, you gotta address them um, in a in a manner that is Christ-like and move on. Um, take it as a learning experience and move on. Right. Yes, sir. I'm 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 taking some notes, but uh, I watched the movie. Uh, I think I watched it three times because it 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 spoke to me. That's um, my family went out and bought the book for me. Uh, I love to read, so I bought the book for me uh, on my birthday a couple of weeks ago. And uh, after having the book here, I realized it had been made into a movie. I don't know why I didn't know this, but. I actually watched the movie, and it spoke so much to me until I've watched it at least three times. It's called The Hate You Give, and um, it's a powerful movie, man. I, I, I strongly recommend it to everybody. It's talking about, it's dealing with, uh, you know, the black kids being shot. It's dealing with, you know, this one black girl that goes to, you know, basically an all-white school and, and how this is affecting relationships and I mean, you really need to watch it. Uh, but as far as what you did in the shop, you know, I, I can't dare tell you what you do in your own shop. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm always looking for an opportunity. You, you don't turn down opportunities. You don't. You know, everything can't be about money. You know, if you're doing something just to make money, then you miss the boat. You know, sometimes you got to do things to make a difference. And you know. Um, you got to be prayerful about it, obviously, and you don't want to do anything ever. If you're doing something to offend, but that's what's in your heart, then it's definitely wrong. It'll always be wrong. But if you're doing something because something is present in your spirit, that movie just keeps jumping up in your spirit, and it's not derogatory to anyone or whatever, then there's nothing in the world wrong with that opportunity that God has presented you with. And so... When you show something like that, you know, sometimes people will say something, and sometimes you don't have to say a word. Just let the movie play, you know. And I highly recommend this movie, The Hate You Give. I tell anybody, you go, go and check this movie out. It starts out by simply with a father having a conversation, a black father having a conversation with his uh, three children saying, you will get stopped. It's not a matter if you are, but when you get stopped, Put your hands on the dashboard like this. He showed them exactly what to do. And she calls it the talk. She said, I was a man at eight years old when I got the talk. You know, and things like that. And it's a very powerful, powerful movie. Powerful movie. You know, it's got an interracial couple in it. It's got a young black teen that gets shot in it. It's got um, gangs in it, uh, one gang in it. A powerful movie, man. I suggest that that y'all watch that. You know, if you want to come to my house and watch it, I I charge you five dollars for popcorn and two dollars for a bottle of water. I hook y'all up. You know, I have to charge to come to my house and do it, but <laughs> y'all can watch it if you want to. You know, want to lay in my bed and watch it? That gonna cost you a little more. But uh, nah, it's all serious. I <laughs> I love to see how to check this movie out, man, and. Uh, and the reason I brought it up is because you said that you did it in the shop. And so you're, I don't know, 
probably the third or fourth person I've recommended this movie to because we were just having a conversation. And I said, you know what? I said, I got something I think that, that, that may interest you. I'd, I'd love for you to watch this movie. You know, once, once you watch it, you know, give me a call. I'd just like to talk to you. And uh, you'll be amazed, man. Um, one of them haven't called me yet. And uh, another one did call me. And, you know, basically was like, wow, that's that's some heavy stuff right there. And, uh, and it really is. And so the guy was like, I really don't know how I feel. You know, I, I've seen another side of it, but, you know, I still don't know how I feel, you know. But it sparked conversation. That's, that's the whole thing. So, um, you know, again, take me, take me up on this. We'll try this one also. But I'm going to try the one that you talked about. Oh, no, it's and for well, that's, that's, and that's what it's going to take. Everybody may not want to have a conversation, but if the movie is speaking that same message, why not? You know, why not send them that route? They can do it in the privacy of their own home, if you will. But I want to see this movie you're talking about. I want to see it from that perspective. Listen, I'm like I said, it's it's heavy. I'm not even going make light of that. Um, but it is an educational tool. Right. Period. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I believe this was on I believe this was on Hulu. But it's so real. It's so real. It's all it's all funny games until you got experience. And truthfully, it's not it's not even a black and white thing. It's anybody who has to walk in the shoes of a black man. It can even be a, be a black woman for so you to understand what it's like, what we go through as a black man. So I think it's a learning tool for everyone. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm here with you. Okay. I thought you know I know I'm rough some feathers. I don't want y'all to hang up on me. Nah, man, I ain't just, <laughs> nah, I ain't got time for, for all of that. Matter of fact, I'm 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 here. Uh, I'm here. I just pulled up Black Cop. Um, I'm, I'm gonna check this out, man. But yeah, that's all right. You don't challenge me. I jump on it right quick. All right, I hear you talking. I, I hear you talking. You wouldn't have found that thing, huh? Yeah, I found it, man. I, I might be at your house shooting you tonight, but other than that. You know, <laughs> I got it right now. Yeah. We're going to no, check you. this out. I promise you that. <laughs> we, we will see. But, nah, man, in all seriousness, um, you know, we're living in a um, we're living in a season now where um, it's time for us to take our rightful place. Everybody's not going to be, you know, out in front of some group that's marching 
we're not going to be, you know, at the Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, whatever it is, you know, giving some type of speech. We probably won't ever get an opportunity like that. But just every day, you know, man, there are things that we can use to educate. And sometimes it's not the way we are educating others. Sometimes we're being educated ourselves. There are days mm-hmm. where God's going to give us opportunity to speak, but there's a lot of days where going to give us an opportunity to listen. And so what we've got to do, man, is just say, okay, let's come to the conclusion that, you know, the past is the past. It was wrong. We can't change it. But let's start from right here. Let's start from right here. And, you know, when you get that opportunity to educate, whether it's to listen or, and learn or to speak and to impart, you know, take full advantage of that. You know, be honest and answer the hard questions. You know, be honest and ask the even harder questions. You know, and, you know, we can't say that it will change the world, but we can't say that it won't change somebody. You just never know. And just, you know, one of the things that Quick always says on the line normally is that, you know, what you go through is not for you. It's for somebody else. Well, Mm -hmm. what you're doing now when you talk about this thing you know, this may not help um, me. It may not help the people in my generation. But, you know, for our kids, who's to say it may change their mindset? I don't know that, but it, it could do that. So it's worth it. It is definitely worth it. You know, what are we going to leave the world, um, you know, when we leave here? Are we going to leave the world educated? Or are we going to leave the world in worse shape than it was in before we got here? The our ancestors before us, they left it in a better shape because guess what? You know, we're not slaves. We're not riding on the back of the bus. You know, we're not mm-hmm. living uh, on, a, on, a, on a plantation. So, you know, as bad as we claim it is, it's not as bad as it was. Now, what are we going to leave, mm-hmm. you know, our folk? Well, you know, for some, it's almost like they're trying to stick us back in the cotton field. Are we going to go back or are we going to say, listen, you know, let me make sure that I do my part every day. You know, if I'm going to complain about it, I'm going to do something to help uh, with it. And so that, I think that's what we got to do, man. And, you know, sometimes it's a movie. Sometimes people don't have access to movies. Sometimes people, you got 10 minutes, they sit in your chair, and you will say, you know what, I just, you've been coming here quite a bit. I just want to ask you this is an open, honest question. You know, are you... How did you get comfortable with me? And when they ask you, what do you mean by that? You say, well, I'm asking that because I was on the elevator with a lady, and, you know, for whatever reason, she just, you know, I tried to hold the door for her. I spoke nicely to her, and she was just petrified of me. You know, do, how did you get comfortable with me? And, I, you know, I really want to know that. And, and that's going to strike up maybe a conversation. And when he gets home with his wife, his wife's going to say, you know what, my black uh, friend asked me this, and then now that he said that, you know, how do you feel about it? And she's going to go to work and say something about it. Then they're going to be at the country club, and that same white lady that was in the elevator is going to hear that, and then how do you mm-hmm. know that she won't be converted? You understand, man? We don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, we just don't know. You just throw that rock in the ocean, and you just see the ripple, but you never know what it may lead to. So I'll leave it right there, man, but I don't know. We 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 get opportunities though. We really do. Mhm. And you know, those are the types of questions um 
that, like you said, spark conversations. And those conversations aren't ones that people keep to themselves. It, it's, you know, it spreads. So that's a good point. Man. Bro, I've never <laughs> That's crazy Because I, I never really had that Saw it like that I see it But when you hear it When you put words to it Then it all makes sense You're on the mission You're doing it But once you put words to it Or organize mm-hmm. it It makes sense Man, that's a nice touch. You know, Mr. Quick, I'm going to say this to you again, man. Um, and I say it to you because, you know, we, we, we've talked about it before. But it's really time for all of us to realize this. Okay, my work is done in the pulpit. It's done when I go to the prison, when I go to the, you know, to the hospitals and the nursing homes and the schools. That's all cool. But, you know, you probably will never get a chance to stand in the pulpit and do that. But. Man, that doesn't mean you don't have a calling and you don't have a ministry. You do have a ministry, and you get, you know, every time somebody sits in your chair, man, God Almighty, you literally have a chance to get in their head. And it's a beautiful thing because, you know, you're a kind-hearted brother, you know, and you're not looking to offend, and you got to know the right time to strike. You can't just... Everybody sit down. Sit down here. Let me talk to you. No, 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 no. You, you got to know when it's right. And being a person of prayer that I believe that you are, you know, man, I just want, I just want you to know, man, that you have, a, you have a powerful ministry there. You really have, not just through the blog talk, but in, in what God has gifted you to do. You get a chance to use your gift to carry out ministry. And, again, you may not see the end result of it, but, man, sometimes it's just about you planting a seed. That's, mm-hmm. that's all you need to do sometimes, just plant the seed. And if you'll do that, God will make sure somebody else puts a little water on it. And at some point, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to bear fruit. And so all I'm saying, man, is you're in such an awesome position that God has truly trusted you with. This is where he placed you, man. And, um, you know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. Your gift is what you do, that magic you work with your hands and cutting the hair, but it's making room and it's giving opportunity for so many issues to be discussed. And you can use yourself as an example. Like we just said with the lady, the guy, hey, man, what did you get comfortable with me? I mean, why would you sit in my chair? You're sitting in my chair. I've got a cape around your arms. I got a razor in my hand, and I could just have a Negro flashback and cut you right now. And you ain't got to tell him that, but you know what made you feel discomfortable with me? And I asked because of this lady. You know, you can use yourself all the time, man. And I'm telling you, brother, you can you can do some major damage and never leave your job. You can do ministry and get paid for it at the same time. So you don't get paid. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I get college <laughs> right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm very, very thankful from the time you first told me that. And, you know, 
I bought. Nah. But in actuality, you are right. This is one of the the jobs where I can say I can impact, I can display acts of kindness to show that Fox don't represent us. I can ask those questions and plant those seeds for learning purposes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now that, you know, my job better than yours is the same. But I'm going to continue. I'm, I'm going to ask those questions. But, and I'm going to ask you yeah. down. And I, I ask the questions about, you know, everybody's doing all stupid shit, you know, R. Kelly and all this kind of stuff to to gauge people. But things that really make sense, we really don't talk about. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to offend anybody or what have you. But I'm definitely going to step out and ask those questions. <laughs> I want to know, how did I become the chosen? I ask how you find us, but I don't know, like, why me? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have to have a loving face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, man, I owe you uh, a tremendous de- amount of, of gratitude because to be honest with you, I get, and I, and I can't speak for every pastor to have a voice of their own, but I get the opportunity to, um, to show people another side of a pastor. You know, and I know the most of us are crooks, and I've heard it all, and I, I do understand that. And, you know, I understand it goes with the, you know, with the territory. You know, I, I try to go out of my way not to be that way, but because you give me this, platform, you know, every week I get an opportunity to, in some sense, kind of dispel at least a few of the rumors that people have, uh, or the stigmas that people have about pastors. And so, you know, look at look at what you've done for me. You know, you, you didn't have to have, a, you had no reason to put a pastor on here with you. You didn't have any reason whatsoever. You could have felt like everybody else. You could have been like, I'll put a bail bondsman on there before I put a pastor. Nah, man, they they too crooked, that is. And, you know, I couldn't have said a thing, but for you to give me this forum and then not to, you know, saddle me and say, well, you can only say this or that, you know, you allowed me the opportunity to give a biblical perspective. You allowed me the opportunity also to be transparent and say, you know, I've done some things that were not, you know, (laughs) Um, the right way or whatever, and, and you know, again, I appreciate that, and so, and I say that because since you've given me that opportunity, since you've opened my eyes about, you know, the, the sale of drugs, the people that are using the drugs, and since you gave me an opportunity to talk to a user, you know, I get those opportunities now, and it's it's helping me in ministry, and so what I'm saying is, you know, you giving other folks. Opportunities also when they sit in your chair like that. So, you know, I'm sitting, when you started talking about the movie, uh, when Monica was talking, I was scribbling some notes down because I write down questions. I really want to know. And while you were talking about the movie, 
you know, I got it right here. And first thing I saw when I clicked on it, they already protested. And I'm like, what? They ain't wasting no time. You know, they already on this thing. Well, you know what? You've given me not entertainment tonight. You've given me pretty much an assignment. You've challenged me. So now that I've been challenged, I don't feel bad about going out and challenging my folks. So all I'm saying, man, is what you're doing is, it is a ministry, you know, it really is, and it does make a difference, and I, and I want you to, you know, always keep that in mind, man, don't, don't, don't see it as just, I mean, it don't matter what nobody else calls it, people can say it's just gossip, it's just your conversation, it's just your opinion, that's fine, let them say that, but you got to know it's a ministry, this is something that God birthed through you, through your, through your wife, and you know, if it don't help but one person, it was always worthwhile. So, man, don't take this thing lightly because, again, it's had some effect in my life, and um, I know that it's affecting others. Wow. On that note, we're going to conclude the show tonight. <laughs> 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 okay.
Oh, it will. By the way, we gotta we gotta do our part. Uh, it's a joint effort. God put it on us, and we gotta do our part. <laughs> Nah, man, it's just an honor to be uh, on here. That's asking more than enough. That gives me the, you know, the strength that I need, man. Some days I, I get on here very, very fatigued a lot of times, and and by the time I get off, I'm, you know, I'm up for the next hour, hour and a half because I'm, I've been electrified. So you know, it, it's it's good, man. It's good. That's the beauty of it. I'm. My wife will tell you, I'll, I'll go and work out for three hours and be dead tired, like go to sleep in a chair type tired. But when they come to this to the show, it's like I'm rejuvenated. I'm, I'm energized. And I'm ready to go to work, you know, to to make this difference. But I know it's not yeah. easy, but the fact that we are taking steps in order to to do with that works enough for me. Yep. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, is all hearts and minds clear? Why? Yes. Thank you very much, wife. I love you. I appreciate your support. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Well, everybody's clear. I'm clear. Pastor, go ahead and do your thing. All right, man. Lord, thank you so much for um, another much-needed conversation on tonight. And, Lord, as usual, we don't have all the answers. We're not always right ourselves. We're just concerned, and we're willing to allow ourselves to be used to 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 um, to educate, to be lab rats if we need to be, God, uh, to be open and transparent, to be willing to be ridiculed and talked about just so that we can make a difference in society. And I know, God, that what we, the time that we have is, is not much, but it doesn't take much time, God. Uh, just a few seconds can make all the difference in the world and the lives of so many people. And tonight, God, we discussed again, God, about you know why is it that I've got to hate you in order to love me or or whatever. And we've come to the conclusion, God, we're not we're not pleased with that anymore. We've come to the conclusion that ignorance, you know, uh, plays a role in it. Uh, uh, just generational racism, just being passed down. That plays a role in it. And so what we've decided to do, God, is to educate. We've decided to take time out to listen. We've decided to take up, take advantage of all the opportunities you present us with every single day. And by doing that, God, not only are we going to listen, but we're going to share. And by doing that one person at a time, first of all, we pray that you get the glory out of it. We pray that society gets the benefit of it. Thank you, God. These are some tough discussions that we're having, and we don't always get off the phone feeling good, but we always get off feeling better. So, Lord, I pray now, and God, I do what a lot of people don't have the strength to do. I pray for the president tonight. I pray, God, that he will see the error of his ways. I pray, God, that he will some way and somehow feel 
the, the, the damage that he's done and that he can be bold enough to come out and tell somebody, you know what, don't do what I've done. Do it the way it should be done. Lord, you said pray for those that despitefully use you, and I'd be less than who I'm supposed to be if I didn't pray for that man. It's not about how I feel personally. It's about what you instructed me to do, and, God, I yield to you even tonight. I pray that you will continue to breath, Lord God, the, the, the facilitators of this ministry. Lord, please breath quick, and his wife, bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless their business. Uh, bless their intent. Keep their hearts open, God. Keep them, Lord God, to where they're receptive to hear you and to feel what others are feeling. Lord, no matter how high they go, no matter where you take them, no matter what you bless them with, help them to keep their hand open to know that, you know what, there's always somebody I can pick up. So thank you so much, and I pray that somebody was blessed by this on tonight. Thank you, God. Keep us in your care, and we'll give your name the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 To inform you, we are now on every platform. Spotify, iTunes, Google, you name it, you can find from the streets to the pulpit. We will be back Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That concludes From the Streets to the Bullpen. Take care of each other. Love one another. Respect everybody. And keep God first. Peace.